get better over time. They just say I'm not the baddest bitch you like. Hello everybody, I am back. It is me, everybody's favorite blonde bombshell crossdresser. It is Miss Shadney and this is my show, Pour It Up, where I spill all of the celebrity gossip and hot tea that you didn't even know you needed. But trust me, you do. <laughs> I've got my bottle of wine with me, I've got my microphone all set up. And I have got some juicy stories that I cannot wait to dig into with all of you. It has been a while, I must say. I had to take a break from recording for a bit, mostly because of coronavirus. <laughs> because I did need to get my hands on a microphone that I could record with because my old one broke. <laughs> and also, I noticed that celebrity news overall were kind of going slow for a little bit. So there wasn't as much to talk about. But luckily, this has changed. And the drama and tea is as strong and hot as ever. But let's start out with a colder drink, as I like to do. A nice bottle of wine, because we all know it's not good to keep things bottled up. And my drink of choice today is always, how could it be anything different? A bottle of Chardonnay. And I encourage all of you to drink along with wine, water, coffee, tea, whatever gets you in the mood. My wine is a beautiful Chardonnay with a vibrant golden color and it has the beautiful name Arrogant Frog. <laughs> I do always look for the wines with the craziest name because it just really appeals to me. And also if I had a penny for every time people called me an Arrogant Frog, I could have bought a second bottle, which I may or may not have done. Let's get into celebrity gossip, but to, to kind of wet our palates, have a sip of this wine. Hmm? It's very fruity. Tutti fruity. Rest in peace, little Richard. <laughs> I uh, I like it. Refreshing. Uh, especially when it's summer. I like a little bit of a, of a sweeter uh, wine that I can drink more of, but also that has a more refreshing kind of, kind of vibe. So not like a glass of deep red wine that I would like sit in front of the fireplace with and sip on. I want something that I can, if I'm thirsty and it's hot outside, I can have a bit, bit, big old glass of that, and it'll help the thirst. It'll quench that thirst, honey. Now that my alcohol levels are rising, let's get into the celebrity news. And <laughs> I think one of the topics that everybody's been talking about in the last couple of weeks and days is a child that has been born, and that child was born to Elon Musk and Grimes. And it bears the beautiful name. Let's see if I can get it correctly. X Ash A12. <laughs> but it's actually pronounced Melissa. No, I don't know. Uh, this is how Grimes said it was pronounced, because it's X, the, the, the unknown element. Uh, the unknown variable X, and then it's an AE, but apparently it's the elven word for a name. And it's pronounced Ash, and then A12, because that's uh, uh, like a fighter pilot plane. <laughs> I am at loss for words. And that name itself is barely even a word. And I just think it's very cruel to name you tell that, because people have been complaining about controversial names for a long time. A long time. And um, celebrities have been giving their children 
strange and questionable names. <laughs> I mean, I mean, Blue Ivy isn't isn't necessarily that strange, but um, Gwyneth Paltrow, when her and Chris Martin years ago named their daughter Apple, the outrage people were like, "How can you name your child Apple?" This seems tame in comparison to X Ash A Twelve. And Gwyneth even recognized that she went on Instagram <laughs> and tagged her husband, her ex-husband Chris Martin, saying, "I think we got beat for the most controversial baby name." And they're true. I mean, Apple now seems like a pretty <laughs> almost normal name uh, compared to Elon Musk and Grimes' name. At the hour of recording this, it is not certain if they can name their child this because it might be illegal in California to include. Um, special symbols or umlauts, so the AE might not be legal, and neither might be the dash between the A and 12, or I think even a number in your name. So let's see if it actually happens. I hope for the child's sake that it isn't gonna stay that name, or once they turn 18, I mean, they're gonna have enough money <laughs> coming from Elon Musk, but um, they might invest some of that into changing the name to, I don't know, Frank. <laughs> But uh, another topic that has been on everybody's minds and everybody has had an opinion on it is one of the best vocalists of our time. It is the beautiful Adele. We all know and love her music. And when we first got to know her more than 10 years ago, when she recorded 19, uh, her first album, she was chubby. She had like she had like some, some chubby cheeks and she was a heavier set woman. But also everybody really loved her i don't think she's ever really been criticized by many for her weight just because she was she has such a strong and powerful voice and she had such a strong and charismatic presence and people were like this is very much part of it and it's actually an empowerment for um people who are overweight and are plus sized i mean same with lizzo very much being this representative of this notion embrace your body everybody's beautiful well Everybody is beautiful, but Adele's body sure has changed. She has continuously lost weight over the, the turn of her career, but she now released a picture and people are shook because she is skinny mini, honey. She is a skinny legend, Adele, now. I wonder what Karl Lagerfeld would have said about that because I remember Karl Lagerfeld being especially cruel to Adele and being like, oh, she's overweight, she, she doesn't look good. But then he would name Beth Ditto of the band Gossip as one of his muses when she's also plus size. So there was a double standard there. And now people are like, oh, Adele shouldn't have lost the weight. She looked good back then. People are like, oh, she looks healthy now. She didn't look good then. And um, then people are criticizing, other people criticizing Adele. And it's just like, can she just live? I've loved Adele regardless of her size because I think she has um, insane musical talent. And also her personality in interviews just seems very relatable and funny. And to me, Neither of these things have anything to do with her looks or her size. So if she made the decision for her to change her diet and her exercise and really get into a slimmer shape, good for her. But like, what business is it of us? Like, we shouldn't care. We shouldn't want to care. Just like, let this woman live, uh, be it plus size, be it size zero. I think she looks great either way. And that's for that, Adele. More power to you. 
Well, and more power to Lady Gaga, too, <laughs> because speaking of musical legends, she has been teasing the release of her sixth album, Chromatica, for a while, and people have been expecting it, waiting for it, dying for it, and it is finally upon us. Well, it hasn't been released yet, but she first postponed it due to the corona crisis. Corona crisis! And now she's announced the official release date, which is... May 29th. And I am so excited. There's some really, really, really promising uh, tracks on the collaborations with Elton John, with Blackpink. It's it's bound to be a great, great, great album, especially if Stupid Love is anything to go by, because that has been one of her most iconic songs in a while. In a while. So I am really excited to see what uh, Lady Gaga is going to bring how conceptual it's going to be, if there's going to be like an overarching storyline between all songs, if they're all going to be like very high energy electro poppy. Or, um, yeah, I'm really excited. I cannot wait. This is the musical artist that I think so many people stand and love because she keeps bringing new good content. And also she is a member of the LGBTQIA and queer community. And she is also an outspoken supporter of the rights of minorities, not just within the queer community, but also she raised so much money for um, the coronavirus, several million, and she organized this great event where, where so many artists performed. It's really fantastic, like giving people something to get their minds off things in times of quarantine. Speaking of a musical artist that I would, <laughs> I'm going to go out on a limb here and say, uh, maybe not as big of a following. It is English musician Olly Murs. All right. If you've never heard of Olly Murs, I envy you. <laughs> no, but in all seriousness, he has had um, some fairly successful songs. He had this Heart Skips a Beat years and years ago and then this whole the song dear darling he also has a very large forehead which um you know work <laughs> james vanderbeek from dawson's creek made a whole career out of it just his forehead um and ollie Murs now as many other people have including myself has joined tiktok and he has made a tiktok of him taking off, well, he took a Pringles can, he cut off the bottom of the Pringles can, and then put it on his dick. <laughs> and uh, then he had his girlfriend, like, reach into it while they were watching a movie, so she would touch his dick. And it's these kind of pranks that I just don't love, because it's uh, tricking people into touching your genitals. Um... It's just, it seems problematic to me. I don't know. She's his girlfriend, so she's probably seen and touched it before. But also, are you 12 years old? Like, what's the, what's the deal with that? And then the way the, the whole video was edited and put together was just really creepy because he never said anything. He was just, like, chuckling. And just, like... <laughs> it was, like, in Revenge of the Nerds, when where, where people take, like, sexual revenge on, on, on hot girls. It's just, like... Uh uncomfortable to, to watch cringeworthy so uh, Oli Merce I'm not a fan I'm not su subscribing to your TikTok I'm not following this content and I wish it would be flag reported and taken down because <laughs> no thank you sir uh, and you thought the worst thing about the Pringles can were the calories no it could be Oli Merce's dick stuck in there that is the real nightmare 
So I'm going to say wham, bam, thank you, ma'am, or rather no thank you, ma'am, and move on <laughs> to something that is getting exposure where I think it might not need it, similar to Oli Murs, that Dick did not need that Pringle scan exposure. And what I'm talking about is Tiger King, because I've talked about it before, we all probably at this point watch Tiger King. It has been the Netflix breakout show for quarantine. People have binge watched it. The crazy stories from the wild uh, and wildcat reserve, Carol Baskin, Joe Exotic. And it is highly entertaining just out of the degree of lunacy on this show, because you genuinely can't believe that all of these things have actually happened, honey. And uh, especially my favorite part was Joe Exotic hiring a Carol Baskin lookalike for a music video. I mean, you just you just can't make this stuff up. It's genuinely madness. <laughs> well, and uh, the success has not only inspired many memes, but also apparently now scripted TV shows. There are two scripted television shows. So it's not going to be documentary, but it's not fiction because it's based in real events, but it's going to be acted out. And not not just one, but two. And in one of them, Joe Exotic himself will be played by Nicolas Cage, which I don't know if I can handle that degree of meme-worthiness and that degree of, of sheer lunacy. But I think that is the very reason why it's being produced, because people are capitalizing on that. Really like, oh, it's Nicolas Cage, who people make memes about constantly. And it's Tiger King, who is at the focus of so many more memes. Let's combine the two and get the maximum exposure. And then there's a second series that's going to happen, and uh, it is... I don't know who's going to play Joe Exotic in there, but Kate McKinnon from SNL. She's going to play... Um, Carol Baskin. Did we need two scripted series in addition to the original Tiger King? I'm going to say no. Do we need any scripted series following on the Tiger King? No. Tiger King worked because it showed you can't make up stories that are as crazy as the things that happen in real life with wildcat owners in Florida. But, I don't, I don't even think it was Florida. But, why make a scripted series out of it? What is going to be the benefit of that? What new story is that going to tell that you haven't learned already? Because everybody knows what happens. If you've seen Tiger King, you know the story beginning to end. I don't see the value in producing shows except being money-grabbing. I don't know if I'm going to watch it because honestly, while it is very entertaining, it's also deeply troubling, especially the fact that Joe Exotic basically tricked several men into meth addiction and then forced them to marry him, even though they didn't identify as gay, they identified as straight, and he, he really abused them. Um, and also they're the way animals and the employees are treated. In, in both Carol Baskins and Joe Exotic's park, it is animal abuse, it is um, abuse of the laborers because they're being forced to work as volunteers. It is something that is entertaining to watch because it is so absurd and out there, but I also don't think they're no heroes. They're horrible people literally horrible people who may or may not have committed murder. I mean, Joe Exotic did order um, a hitman on Carol Baskin, and she very likely killed her ex-husband. Let's not glorify these people, because both of them are despicable human beings. It is the same issue I see with these um, serial killer movies about Ted Bundy and stuff. It is is nice to show, like, the horror, like, they oh, they look 
they were very attractive, but they were monsters. But people, many people, are gonna focus on the aspect that they were very attractive and then be like, oh yeah, fuck me up. And it's just like, uh, you don't want that, honey. Nobody should. And that is kind of like glorifying things that don't necessarily need to be glorified. So I think Tiger King should be left as it is, as like, and it's it's nice to make memes out of it, but then don't keep the com- uh, content going and going and going because um, I don't know what message that is sending. And that is my take on this. Also, <laughs> in the category of things nobody asked for and nobody needs is a reboot of Matilda. Matilda, the iconic novel by Roald Dahl, which was made into a fantastic movie in 1996, the year this queen was born. And the cast is amazing. It has Maura Wilson... We love an LGBT lead. She, of course, she was a child back then, but she's a proud bisexual woman now. And we have, uh, of course, iconic Miss Trunchbull. And then we have Rhea Perlman, Danny DeVito. It's just a great cast. And now it's going to be rebooted because it's not going to be a movie remake, but it's going to be a movie version of the musical Matilda. So it's going to be a musical movie. And while I don't know much about the cast yet, one thing has been announced and very likely Ralph Fiennes is gonna play Trunchbull. Ralph Fiennes, English patient and for the younger audience, Lord Voldemort, is gonna play the Trunchbull. Which, yeah, it's gonna be a man in drag, but also on the in the theater productions of the musical. Like in the music productions, and the role of Trunchbull has been played by by a man. Uh, many times so it's kind of true to the musical at least i'm interested to see how this is going to be i haven't seen the musical myself so this might be something like exposing the exposing the songs and this kind of new take on the source material to a new audience that maybe only know the book and the movie so yeah i might give it a try but also I'm not the biggest fan of just the same subject matter being reused again and again when there's already an adaptation that works very well I think the movie is fantastic and it still holds up. I recently rewatched it. Yeah, if it's going to be a musical, it might be different. I might be proven wrong. But also, there's so many people waiting for their original stories to be told. Do we need the same thing to be made into a movie five times? Unless it's A Star is Born, because that was fantastic. Speaking of new original material, there are some great things happening on television. And... We have a new Ryan Murphy show, which by now makes me more dreadful than excited because while Ryan Murphy creates great television, he has Pose, he, he made Glee, Nip Tuck, American Horror Story, American Crime Story, Feud, and now um, Hollywood on Netflix. The cast is once again stacked. He has Queen Latifah in there. He has um, Holland Taylor in there. He has uh, Samara Weaving in there. It's it's truly a, a great cast. But the thing for me with Ryan Murphy is that the concepts are so strong, so camp and so queer, which I love because it's really Ryan Murphy. And I'm going to give this to him in terms of representation. It's fantastic. He really, really goes for queer storylines. But I feel with him the problem, and I think I've said this before, is always the show starts out strong and then halfway through it kind of loses any kind of narrative and becomes just so chaotic and in the end you don't know 
where you left with and what you left with, and it's just a, a, a mess and a huge clusterfuck. And I just don't love that. Like, it's so promising, and you want to fall in love with it, and then it goes on, and, and you're just like, "What is happening?" And it ruins the show for you. Brian Murphy knows how to create a good concept for a show, but he does not know how to bring that concept to a satisfying conclusion. And that has happened with all of his shows. I must say, except Pose, which I really liked so far. But most of his other shows have kind of like started out so strong and then turned into a confusing mess that people just eventually stop watching because nobody can keep up and it's just annoying. So I haven't finished Hollywood yet, but from what I've heard is that it goes down the same road. I will watch it just because I am a huge fan of the old Hollywood, as I think, as I think many people are. And also because it shines a light on a person that I'm going to give a special shout out today because she's the character that's portrayed by Queen Latifah. And I love, love, love that this character is getting a little... Uh, more recognition because Queen Latifah plays Hattie McDaniel, who was an American actress, and she played the role of Mammy in Gone with the Wind, um, the iconic movie made in 1939 with Clark Gable as Red Butler and Vivian Lee as Scarlett O'Hara. And Hattie McDaniel won the Oscar in the following year for this role for the Best Supporting Actress, and she was the first person of color to win an Academy Award, an Oscar. And this is such a big deal. I mean, if we look at diversity in the Oscars, the only woman of color to have won the Best Actress Oscar is Halle Berry. There's only been one black woman who has won the Best Actress Oscar. Let that sink in. <laughs> that is not good, <laughs> Hollywood. Oscar's so white. And Hattie McDaniel was the first one, and she wasn't even allowed, technically, in the hotel where the award ceremony took place because it had a whites-only policy at that time. And so she... I mean, imagine that. It was in the 40s. This was before the civil rights movement really took took steam. So she only was able to attend because of a courtesy from the owner who did her a favor. And that is just humiliating. And Hattie McDaniel, really iconic. So I'm glad that people are kind of getting to know her a little bit through this. And I love Queen Latifah, amazing role, uh, amazing actress. So yeah, I'm happy about that. Everybody look her up. She is a trailblazer that we stan. We stan Hattie McDaniel. Now, there are some other shows on Netflix. But... The shows I've been watching are shows that have been long cancelled because they have decided to gift us through, through this uh, dark time of quarantine with some reboots and reunions. We're still waiting on the Friends reunion, which has um, been postponed until after Corona because it hasn't been filmed yet. But Parks and Rec, the cast, did a virtual episode with them all filming on webcam. And as a long-time Parks and Rec fan, I love Tina Fey and Amy Poehler. I love 30 Rock. It's my favorite TV show. And I love Parks and Rec. And they've done a fantastic episode. It's 20 minutes long. Obviously, it's not going to be as deep in terms of story because it's not tied in into any seasonal storyline or narrative. But in itself, it was funny. It was true to character. You really felt like these characters came back to life 
as if they were never gone. I enjoyed that so much, and I'm so grateful that they did that. It was truly a fantastic, fantastic 20 minutes that made me miss the show even more and made me want to rewatch it. And so all of the guest stars and, and recurring characters appeared. It was great. It was truly great. And I was shook that um, Chris Pratt was able to transform himself back into the role of Andy because in his role uh, as Andy on Parks and Rec, he was such a such a sloth and such such an unkempt kind of messy character. And then he kind of cleaned up and became bulky and, and, and hunky for Guardians of the Galaxy. But now he fully reverted to the, uh, his role in Parks and Rec. And I love that. Even though, as I've said before, I'm not his biggest fan because of his affiliation with a very anti-LGBT church. So that is unfortunate. Because if that weren't the case, I would unequivocally stand. But I can't because I am a self-respecting homosexual drag queen. And Pax and Drag isn't the only show who's done this. Community is planning a virtual table read. So they're not going to do a new episode. They're going to do a video conference where they read the script of a past episode. And fans have been thinking maybe this is a step towards a movie because communities always said we're going to do six seasons and a movie and we've had six seasons people are waiting on the movie and the producers and actors have said now it's looking better than it ever has before so it might actually be a possibility in the future community movie so we'll see we'll see about that and there are two shows on Netflix that people are raving about. One is Outer, Outer Banks, and it's about a group of teenagers in the Outer Banks of North Carolina. And they find a dead body, and then it becomes a murder mystery. <sighs> you can tell from that sigh. Not my new favorite show. I did watch the first couple of episodes, and I have so many friends who've recommended me this show and who were like, oh, of the cast is so hot and it's so fun, and I watched the show, and yes, all of the cast is very attractive. But this is where it ended for me, and I was like, all of them are also profoundly unlikable, and the, the vibe I get from them is this 18-year-old straight fuckboy of TikTok who is like making shirtless videos and being like, yeah, baby but also giving you really douchey vibes, so you know he's probably um, committed a hate crime before. <laughs> and that is the vibe I'm getting from these um, protagonists, all of them. Very attractive, profoundly unlikable, so I just stopped watching because I really could not take it. And um, yeah. So there's one show I haven't watched. If you liked it, tell me why. So I might give it another try. And the other show is Never Have I Ever. And now this is a show that I haven't watched yet, but I have heard so many good things. And everything I've heard about it makes me want to watch it. So I've really been saving this for a day when I'm gonna treat myself to some good television. So Never Have I Ever, also on Netflix, was created by Mindy Kaling, who people might know from The Office or The Mindy Project. And it is about an Indian girl growing up in the Boston area of the United States. And she's in high school, and then uh, her father dies, and uh, it's iconic because it breaks Asian stereotypes. And that was something Mindy Kaling said in interviews before uh, producing the show, this series 
it should break kind of the, the glass ceiling of how South Asian people are represented on the show. Not just in one stereotypical way, but actually diverse with like issues that aren't just the one thing like being, oh, you're being discriminated for, discriminated against because of your race, but as complex fleshed out characters and I think that's so important and uh, just breaking stereotypes and giving a really differentiated in-depth view of uh, what life as a South Asian kid is in, in the US and was maybe 10 years ago it's yeah I'm I'm really excited to watch it because I've had so many good things and the trailer really 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 uh, excited me also it is narrated by John McEnroe, <laughs> who's a tennis player and also an icon because he always, he would get so angry after his tennis um, matches that he would like slam and smash his, his racket. He's just really fa funny. And one of the episodes is narrated by Andy Samberg from The Lonely Island and Brooklyn Nine-Nine. So I'm really, I'm really excited. This is a show that I cannot wait to watch. And I haven't watched it, but from what I've heard, I can recommend it to you. Never have I ever on Netflix. Now, one last thing in terms of television. Because I don't know if it's as big in Europe as it is in the US, but there is a franchise called Law and Order. And it is a procedural drama. It is half of the episode is about the policeman and women catching a perpetrator and a criminal and then the second half of the episode is them being in trial on trial being on trial and there is a spin-off of the show because law and order itself ran for like 20 seasons and then was cancelled but uh there is a spin-off called law and order special victims unit or just sdu which is now actually ran longer than the original law and order and it stars Mariska Hargitay, who's the daughter of Hollywood icon Jane Mansfield. And in the original combo, Ice-T also stars as, as one of the detectives. And Christopher Maloney. And the, the duo between Mariska Hargitay as Detective Olivia Benson and Christopher Maloney as Elliot Stabler was the dream duo. They weren't romantically involved. Um, Elliot is married with children. But the chemistry between these two solving crime and a uh, special victims unit means it's sexually based offenses which are considered especially heinous and so it's not easy subject matter but it's very well made and this just shows that it's been running for 22 seasons and it's still super successful and there's been so many guest appearances on that you might have heard <laughs> from it when justin bieber guest starred and was shot and killed on the show and many of his haters online rejoiced like 10 years ago but it is a truly fantastic show i watch it religiously but there was a deep, deep, deep sense of loss when Christopher Maloney departed the show after season 12. He left the show and then Olivia kind of got a new partner and like investigated on her own. But Christopher Maloney is returning. He's getting his own show, his own spin-off show, and he is going to appear in the season 22 premiere of SVU. And I am so ready because I still love the show, but something has been missing since Elliot left. And I am so happy he's returning. I am ecstatic. And <laughs> yes, I know I have a problem if I get this emotionally invested in a fictional television show. But you know what? Let me live. 
So before we, because as you have now heard, there's a lot of things I like, a lot of things I dislike about the celebrity gossip this week. So before I get into who's getting a refill, who I like particularly, who's my star of this episode, and who's going down the drain, somebody I do not care for, and who's let me down, I am going to do a thing I always do, my segment called Bite Size Beauty. It's something I found on the internet and that I find hilarious and I want to share with you because we are digital people. We are on TikTok, on Instagram. I'm not a regular mom. I'm a cool mom. And this week's Bite Size Beauty is actually more of an account than a single video, but I will play one of them. It is a guy I discovered who is... Canadian and he's half um, Spanish, half Jamaican, and his name is Bowman Martinez Reed, also known as Bowmanizer, and he is one of the big stars of TikTok with over a million followers, and he is a video editor and producer in real life. Well, he's a student, but he studies uh, video editing, and he. I don't, I don't even know how to describe it. He makes a reality show about his life, which is so professionally made that it is like a Real Housewives or Vanderpump Rules episode with the shady rattlesnake noises, with the gags, with the he stage reunion with his mom and his sister. And all of the episodes are about him in quarantine at home and people disrespecting him. <laughs> and then he has a reunion episode with his mom and his sister. It is hilarious. He has videos interviewing himself in different roles. It's truly fantastic. And uh, I've enjoyed it tremendously. I cannot recommend it enough. You guys check it out. It's Bowmanizer. That's B-O-M-A-N-Izer. Bowmanizer on Instagram and on TikTok. Check him out and you subscribe. Trust me. Thank me later. And so I'm gonna gonna give you one episode of him with his friends. This was pre-quarantine. And one of them coughs. The horror. The horror. So I'm back home, hanging out with my friends, Eden and Taryn. So how are you guys doing? Good. <clears throat> Eden starts coughing directly into my mouth. Oh my god. I cannot breathe. Did you just cough? There was something in my throat. I'm having a panic. Eden is coughing in my mouth. Taryn starts dancing. The disrespect was so potent, I have a vision. I am sick. I just had a vision. So in shock right now. I am sick. Of your disrespect. Eden, how dare you? And here we go, Bowmanizer, absolutely love it, big fan. And now that we've had the bite-sized beauty and we've had a little snack, let's go back to drink-themed puns because let's decide who's getting a refill and who is going down the drain. And for me, the decision this time was pretty easy. For me, a refill is somebody who probably really needs it right now, and that is Adele. She has been getting so much shit for losing weight, gaining weight, for being too chubby before, being too thin now. Let this woman live. She is looking healthy. She's looking good. And how much she weighs and what her body looks like is none of our business. 
Adele, keep doing you. I'm excited for new music and I'll gladly toast with you with a glass of Chardonnay. Arrogant Frog. That's me. Who's going down the drain? Honestly, it's a toss-up and I'm just gonna t take out the division in my drain and just let two of them pour in. And it's Elon Musk and Oli Merce who sound like weird like 2000s musical duo. It's Elon Musk and Oli Merce. And it's like the alter alter ego of one another. Elon Musk, you don't need to give your child a crazy name just to be cool and be in the headlines. Just call him like Alice or James, like something normal. And Oli Merce, there's a, there's a way to make pranks and make them funny. But having your girlfriend touch your dick in a, in a Pringles can, it's just creepy, man. It's just creepy. Let, let it go. Delete your account. <laughs> and with this, I am not going to delete the account, but stop recording. I am happy and thankful you all tuned in again. This was Purred Up with Miss Chardonnay, and I'm going to be recording more frequently. So trust me, there will be good content coming up. Thank you all. I hope you are keeping it healthy and safe in quarantine. And until next time, much love. I'm not the baddest bitch you like <laughs> Ain't my fault